day. Um, some parts of the world are having morning, so I guess I should say good morning too. Uh, it is another taco tea. Oh my God, I am so, I feel so fortunate. I feel so blessed to be here to see you guys again, to do another show for you. Um, it's been a few months, I should say, just a few months. And um, I must say that I got a chance to reflect on the last season and to see what I wanted to do or get a sense of what I wanted to do for this season. Um, so many things have changed in the last, like literally the last couple of months. I have started a, a new adventure. Um, those of you who followed me on my road to Ryerson, I'm now a, a student of Ryerson University. So, um, Kakoti, which used to actually be every single week once we start airing, is going to be every other week or at least twice a month. And um, that is just to pretty much keep up with my school schedule so that I don't fall back and stuff because raising kids, being a mom, and all of that, I really do not want to. Um, Put my schoolwork um, on the back burner. So I want to make sure that I'm doing everything right. So I'm gonna be here with you guys at least twice a month. Um, I have uh, some amazing guests uh, who've reached out to me and some of whom I reached out to. And I'm so glad to be able to uh, come on and, and give you guys another show, put on another faculty for you. I really want to say, you know, um, thank you so very much to all the folks who've supported, um, who've sent me messages, who called, who were like, oh my God, JL, like, I really want to be on the show. I really love what you're doing. I am so, so, so grateful to every single one of you who've supported. I want to big up, you know, my girls, you guys know yourselves, you know, I'm so thankful. I am so elated to have you guys in my life. And um, I'm happy to be able to put on another season for you. I hope that uh, folks, you know, will will tune in. I hope that uh, your friends and family can get a chance uh, to tune in and, and enjoy the show and, and, and get into the whole Kakuti vibes. This season, I promise to put it on for you like no other and I mean the time has changed a little bit so before we were earlier I think we were at six o'clock and now it's going to be a little bit later in the evening uh that way I think you know a lot of folks in the islands will get a chance to lock in since I have quite a bit of viewers who tune into from the islands but I want to also thank the North American and the UK folks who tune in every single week um, or tune in every single week and who will be tuning in every other week or twice a month um, for the new season. This show is like no other. I have an exceptional guest um, who's going to be on with me and I want to encourage folks to comment. Hi, Nans, do how are you? Uh, the folks are already coming on. Um, send me a comment. 
uh, tell me what's up. Let me know where you tuned in from. We want to have a nice little interaction here. Um, I, I don't think he's done any show like this before in terms of this style of interview. And I am so excited to have him on uh, with me uh, for this very first new season of Kako T. Uh, those of you who followed me last season, I interviewed his beautiful, amazingly talented wife. Uh, so we had a really good interaction. And I said, you know what? I need to interview him. I've had interviews in the past with this man um, on radio, but never before in this sort of setting. And I must say, I'm very, very happy uh, that when I reached out to him, he said, of course, sure, no problem. Just let me know what's up. And he's back from his Euro tour, I'd like to call it, because they were out in Europe um, touring. And uh, they they just got back to Dominica. And they, I, I'm sure that he's going to tell us a little bit about you know, the Euro experience uh, being on tour. I saw some videos. I was macroing those videos. Uh, so I saw some videos of the performances. I shared them on my timeline for those of you who follow me on, on Facebook and stuff. And I must say, you know, I, I appreciate what they're doing, what he's doing, what he's done. He's been doing so much for the uh, music industry in Dominica. Uh, he's done so much and continues to contribute heavily towards uh, that industry. And and probably people kind of, you know, put him on a, on a back burner or don't recognize as much how much input and how much he's done. And probably some of you might be grudging and, you, more, you know, you might say one or two things and whatever. But you got to give Jack his jacket and Jacqueline her lipstick, like Felix Henderson says. And I believe um, he is an, a, an amazing person, an amazing individual. Um, a little hard-headed sometimes, but... <laughs> He's actually in the lobby, uh, listening right now and getting ready to come on. I want to welcome, guys, um, my very first guest for this season. To I want to welcome uh, none other than Mr. Cornell Phillip to the broadcast. Hi. Hi. What? What? what I, I line on you. <laughs> 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 that, that that part took me by surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's a short people thing, you know. Head hard. <laughs> uh, thank you so very much, Paul, for being on Kako T. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. I'm doing nice. Dominica is nice, beautiful country. Thank God we miss the weather, but um, we are thankful for what we have. And hey, I'm good. Great. Uh, tell me a little bit about the year tour because you just fresh off the tour. The tour not that fresh. Some weeks or a month ago. Um, it was it, it, it was great. I mean, um, first of all, we have to thank the promoters for bringing us up there because we were basically unknown and our name was just mentioned and the guy decided to take a chance with us. And um, we went up there. Um, we didn't know what to expect. He, the promoter, didn't know what to expect. But we, knowing that we wanted to go up there and really 
give a bang, you know, a bang performance. And when we arrived, you know, we would come because we know we know man's land, so we want to create a nice impression. But the biggest impression we created was actually on the stage. You know, I mean, when when the, the second gig we did, when we came on, the guy was totally blown away when he saw Colin's performance. Totally blown away. Wow. Wow, that is so amazing. Uh, congratulations to you and your entire team, your wife, of course, Colin XP. Uh, but this is not about Colin XP right now. This is about Cornell Phillip in the house. Nancy says legendary people are commenting. And, and I we want to encourage you guys to ask your questions, comment. Um, we will, of course, with the interest of time, see how many questions, just how many questions Cornell will be able to, to answer. Um, um, and uh, those of you, you know, if you have a question, best to put it out there now so I can take a note of it and, and eventually bring it up on the screen so that um, Cornell can, can as though go asking him no kind of crazy questions because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> easy. <laughs> just, I'm just, up for any question. I'm up for any question. You ready? Are you ready? Some hard questions already. So. <laughs> Wait, Papa. I like to start by showing every single show asking, I'll get to know a little bit about the person um, behind. I mean, I, I may know you, uh, Dominicans may know you, but people outside of Dominica, they may have heard about you, but they're not really sure who this person is. Who exactly is Cornell Phillip? Um, well, my name is Cornell Phillip. I'm a Dominican. I was born and raised in Roseau. I come from a large musical family. I'm the last of 11. So um, seeing that I'm the last of 11 of a musical family, it was almost obvious that I would be involved in the music industry, you know, at least in the playing of music. Um, in, well, in when? In 1988, I was one of the pioneers. We don't, we don't, we don't want to talk about that yet. <laughs> um, what can I tell you about me? I'm a shy guy. I don't like to speak about myself. You're a shy guy. <laughs> okay, well, well, let's see if we can let's see if we, if we can either make you warmer so you so you are you feeling better about you know talking about yourself. You, you um, have a yes. Um, you like you like my cargo tea mug? See my yes, tea mug. coming to my a city. Coffee, but it's actually cargo tea. <laughs> Ah, so folks, uh, we're gonna be um having a good show here. Cornell is in the house. Cornell, you just mentioned that you are uh, before before that. Um, somebody's saying Julian McGowan is saying big up my brother. So um, somebody is is actually um locked in, and, and folks are coming in. They're sending their loves and hearts and all sorts of stuff. And I don't want to forget them. I don't want to leave them out because they're part of the conversation with us. But you just said that you were one of 11 or the last of 11 kids. Yeah. Uh, just the other day, I was actually, uh, we were actually talking about, you know, how uh, people are not having kids anymore or people are just having two and stopping. So you're pretty much replacing yourself. That wasn't the case for, for, for Musi and Philip because you were one of 11. How was it growing up being the last of 11? Not easy. They were fed up. At least the siblings <laughs> fed up of me. They, they first was fed up. Actually, to be honest, um, when I was born, a number of them had already left the nest. You know, so there were one, two, three. There were around 
four siblings that I never got to know until I actually started to tour in 1990. Wow. I knew them, but I didn't, we, we didn't know each other, you know? But um, because we went off to study, who we went to Canada, who we went to the States, and, you know, they didn't come back. They would come back to visit, but I never really got a chance to know them, you know, or spend time with them, you know, until later on when WCK started to tour and we went to the U.S. and then I actually found out what kind of people they were. <laughs> because I was totally lost, you know. I, I didn't really know them. But um, those that were down here in Dominica, who lived in Dominica, we had a very close relationship. Uh, you know, I can actually remember sitting down on the lap of Urban Smokey, you know, sitting down on his lap and two of us would be playing piano together and stuff like that. I'd be singing, you'd be playing the piano, we'd be having fun. Oh, wow. So you're, you had a really good relationship with the ones who remained home in Dominica. Uh, yeah. tell, us, tell us about that relationship besides Urban. Um... Well, obviously, when, when you have a big family, you uh, have your quarrels and so that comes to the territory, you know, but generally it was, it, it was warm. Um, it was a loving family. I must say, Moonlight Philip and Campbell Philip did a very good job raising 11 children, I must say. Congratulations to my mom. I hope she's listening. <laughs> um, it, 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 it was nice. I mean... When it, came, when it came to the music, they were not really supportive of me growing up in music because it never really caught on. You know, so for some reason, they didn't catch on in the family. No, there were no superstars in the, in, the, in the family, musically. You know, okay. so um, it was kind of surprising to my mother when she saw that I, was, I wanted to be deep into the music business. You know, and um, she would always caution me about it. And um, I would probably put the passion or the, the focus on the music and not necessarily my schoolwork. Okay. You know, that was a problem for her. And so, but uh, look at where I am today. So I guess it paid off. <laughs> tell, tell, you mentioned school. So tell us about your school days. Um, it's rather simple. Eh? Um, I went to, <laughs> where did I go to? <laughs> I went to preschool, crash. You can remember the preschool by the by the Catholic Church. Then after that, I went to the convent prep. You know, then I went to St. Mary's Academy. And straight out of St. Mary's Academy, I went into, into the music fraternity. Wow. Uh, so you were heavily involved in music from a very, very young age. Very young, very young. If I had to probably pull out one of your classes um, and ask them what type of person Connor was in school, what would they say? Hmm. Shy, that's for sure. Um, they would say I was shy. They would say that we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> my job is one of my guarantee. Uh, I, I I wouldn't say I was I, I I wasn't that kind of guy. I mean I had a girlfriend, you know, and stuff during my um, high school days. But I would, in fact, my prep days. Uh, yeah, but okay. I wouldn't. Say I, I, I wasn't the run around. I wasn't the run around kind of guy. No. Okay. That actually started later. <laughs> okay. So man's was man's was not hot, but man's became hot later. Man's 
always hot, but man was, you know, the focus was on the music. To be honest, the focus was on the music. Um, I know, I mean, growing up, you always know you have that chip on your shoulder and stuff like that. But I knew who I was. I just was downplaying it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, that, that is the right word. Paouge. So when exactly did you become or, or become interested, especially in the piano? When did that that passion actually ignite? Um, that passion for the piano was there from day one. I mean, from from the day I really got to know myself, you know, growing up as a little baby, you know, because um, as I said, Irvin was the one that were, I really looked up to musically. He was the only active musician in the family when I was growing up at the time, you know. So um, he played the piano. So I was, I, I gravitated towards the piano, you know, and my sister, Valina Leta, also played the piano and she had a music school. You know, so my extracurricular activities included going to music school by my sister's house, which was an experience because I guess she had the leeway to clout me and to give me a spanking when I didn't practice and stuff like that. So it was it's a tough. challenge. <laughs> yes, it was tough on me. It was rather tough on me. But um, the, 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 when you mentioned, you mentioned that you mentioned that she she helped helped teach you you know the piano and stuff that you had practiced with. Did you did you learn to read music at that age at that time? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, I cannot remember what at what age I started going to actually going to music school, but um, before that, I would in my ear. I would just hear a melody, and then I'd go on the piano and just started to play what I heard and stuff like that. So that was my strong point. And um, in my early teens, I guess I I started going to music school by heart, and I started to learn how to read. I did um, music exams and stuff like that. I want to go out um, go up, uh, and check out the folks who are, who are coming on. We have Nigel Corian to say, big up my brother. Uh, Carol and then hi, hi to you as well. Uh, Juliana Fedrick is saying, big up my brother. Uh, Julian McGowan is saying, man's was on the cover. <laughs> I guess he's commenting. <laughs> On on um on man's man's was hot or not, right? So thanks guys uh for um commenting and bringing in um saying hi. I want to encourage you guys to continue uh to send in your messages and we'll definitely get to that. Now Cornell decided to start a band. Tell us about what inspired the start or the creation of not just a band but an entire genre of music. Well, first of all, I didn't decide to start a band. <laughs> I really didn't decide to start a band. <laughs> um, okay, well, um, when it all started, well, in convent, um, we used to, I was always influ. I how should I put it? We were very much influenced by the culture of Dominica, you know, going to convent prep. You know, up to the point where I remember Charlie Bell actually coming to convent prep and teaching us how to dance. And I would play the drum for the ballet dancers. I also learned how to play ballet in convent, how to dance ballet in convent prep with Charlie wow. Bell. You know? Wow. Yeah. So um, 
when I went to high school, um, I would be playing, there would be a piano in high school. I'd be playing, I'd be known for playing the piano and stuff like that in school, in SMA. But um, it really started off when um, my best friend, well, he became, he eventually became my best friend, Keith Goddard. He started, he started SMA, you know, and then we, he, he also came from a musical family, and that musical family lived probably 400 meters down the road, you know, at the bottom of the Monroe's Road, you know. So um, we hooked up in school only to find out that Irvin was a very good friend of his uncle, you know. So that bond was, was well, it was almost inevitable that it would happen, you know. So we got together and... Um, with friends of ours like um, Richard Astafani, he had that little keyboard. And we just started to mess around. Keith and I just like to mess around this little, little keyboard. And we started to just hit it off, you know, hit it off in school. We ended up playing tea parties. We ended up playing all kinds of things. And I can remember even when I was on detention, I remember Brother Wickham, who was the principal at the time, putting me at the piano for my detention to learn the graduation song this year, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 I actually love detention. I hope your kids are listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, anyhow, so, um, where do I go from here? Uh, you guys oh, my... started hanging out, doing tea parties, doing things, but. Then you guys decided to, or you guys created, not decided, but you guys created a, your very own sound. Like, how did that happen? We're so far away from that. We're far away from that? Far Bring, away me from that. Bring me back. <laughs> no, I had another brother called Ashton Phillip, mm -hmm. who also, he had a song system called Synchronic Song System. So after school, Keith and I would come home and Keith and I would be playing on the speakers and stuff like that, you know? And then Ashton saw the talent in Keith and he saw us playing on this little keyboard. So what happened is that Ashton bought Keith a bass guitar. We had no idea what a bass guitar was at the time. And when we got the bass guitar, the guitar looked rather funny. And we didn't know how to handle it, but we eventually did. We'll just put that on the side for now. And Irvin bought me a keyboard. So Keith had a bass and I had a keyboard and we started to play on the synchronic song system in different places that were child friendly, I would say. And then we played the first, what was it? I mean, we started to get wrong and we started to play for private parties and stuff like that, you know? Then something happened. Irvin was in a band before together with Ashton Lugi Walkers and Derek Rapeters. They were in a band before and that band was no more. And when he heard what Keith and I were doing, he went to these guys and he told these guys, look, here's these two young fellas that we can probably come together and see what we can do. You know, so we had a meeting sometime. Irvin just told Keith and I to come down to this place and just come. That's his style. Just come. He's my brother, so I trust him. So we went. And... The other, the older band members, the old band members were there. And then we had a meeting and we said that we were going to put a band together with them, with the inclusion of Keith and myself. 
you know now not having equipment we didn't know well we it was kind of difficult so it eventually became a time where workers had his guitar i had the keyboard that Irving gave me and keith had the bass so we just continued from what we were doing with my brother ashton playing at these parties and stuff like that but workers joined us okay you know so like a combo and, right it was like a combo and then eventually Ra joined us and um he we we got Ra is a percussionist mm -hmm. so we got these little parts that he would play on and stuff like that then he eventually became the drummer and the lead singer of the band wow. uh, you know and um i never heard that story like this <laughs> <laughs> And and we've heard the WCK story a few times, but I don't think I've ever heard it like this. Yeah, and um, when it comes to WCK or the original makeup of the band, there's one person that we always have to mention is um, Tony Gatush. He was actually supposed to be the original drummer of the band, but because of lack of instruments, we couldn't get that. But the talk is not about WCK; it's about okay. Yes. yes. Okay. So, so that, okay. So then where where did that bouillon thing come out? Ooh, boy. I'm mentioning a lot of my siblings. Okay. At the time, uh, Keith and I would be playing in the house, um, trying to, uh, we were like playing 17 plus imaginations, brass, jamba music, burning flavors music, you know, we would play the music. But my older brother, Daryl Phillips, he was a cultural officer at the time, and he was in the process of archiving or documenting the traditional rhythms and dances of Dominica on video and audio recording. So he being the bigger brother, when, his, when he brought the guys down from the country, brought them to the house for them to practice and to record them, he would tell us, stop playing because it would be disturbing him. But troublesome boys as we were, they were playing their jumping music and their quadrille dances, mazouk and ballet and everything. We started to play along with them. Wow. Oh my you know? God. <laughs> so we, the accordion, I heard the accordion playing and the accordion is a melodic instrument. So I went on the keyboard and I got a harmonica and accordion tune on the keyboard and I started to try to play what he was playing. The boom boom was more of the bass. So Keith was trying to mimic what the what the boom boom was playing on his bass guitar. And then um the keyboard had a little drum section. So we tried to program in the siak and the tambal, you know, into the, the little keyboard with little success, I must say. But um yeah, that is that is where my personal influence and Keith's influence, I believe, came from when it came to the development of what eventually became Booyah music. Okay, now we've heard in the past that Cornell mash up the band, Cornell mash up WCK. What happened and what, what caused the band to, to dismantle? Um, well, we, I mean, there's no secret that we had our, our riffs within the band. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that is what, what, what destroyed the band. It was one of the factors that made a certain decisions, you know, but after how many years, 
I would go to a, I would go to a gig, I would go to a performance, and then I ended up in a situation where we had so many albums and we had so many songs, so many melodies, so many accordion parts, so many this, so many that. There became a time that I was starting to get confused as to what song I was actually playing or how does that song go again and this and that. So that, you know, ping, it was time to do something new. You know, so um, it was just, I, I just felt from a personal standpoint, it was time for me to move to something else. Okay. And at the time, um, what started to go wrong? Well, what was going wrong with WCK and the players and the new genre throughout the Caribbean? And then this guy called me up and said that, yo, there is somebody, a friend of mine in Barbados, who is the manager of Rupee, and he's looking for a keyboardist. And I recommended you to him. So the guy called me, and uh, we spoke, and he said that he has his position for me if I'd want to come to Barbados to audition. So I went to Barbados. I stayed there for three days or something like that. We did an audition, and then I went back to Dominica, and I was offered the job, you know? So it was something. I had already left WCK, or it was in, at the same time that transition. So I actually embraced that opportunity. You know, but um, for people to say that I destroyed the band, no. Because even when they got their new keyboardist, Ilson Matthew, little man, you know, I can remember calling Ilson and asking him, hey, you need any help with anything, you know, blah, 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 and this and that. You know, so it wasn't, it, it wasn't no bad blood. For some reason, it became bad, bad. bad blood. It was for the fans. I don't know what it was, but it eventually got bad and... Thing, people started to talk and this and that, but um, up I don't to this day, I mean, I don't I still talk. people, the people could not understand how that how you could evolve. Like, people evolve and people decide that hey, they need to make bold decisions for themselves, whether it be personal decisions or decisions um, that would affect a band or in a group. Because a band is, is a team effort, and there's gonna be a time. When it's probably figure, hey, what my my actions will destroy or might affect the band, and mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, it may it may sound or it may seem selfish when you have fans. Fans can put so much kerosene on 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 smoke, not even not even blazing fire on smoke, and they really say Cornell mash up the band. And everybody ran with that, and that was it. You know, I mean, even some band members were eventually, because probably they would hear things that I said and probably put it into their own perspective. I would hear things that they themselves said I put it into my own perspective. But um, in recent years, we actually came and we spoke, you know, individual members of the band one-on-one. -on -one. We came and we spoke only to find out that, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it was really nothing. It's not all, always all about the heresy. Okay, now since yeah. since then, you have um, should I say reignited the Bouillon pioneers, or you've come out with the Bouillon pioneers. Tell us right. about that journey um, so far, um, and let me know like what exactly caused you to want to go pretty much back because you, as far as you just said, you were moving forward, you were moving ahead with your life, you were doing other things, and now you've come. You've gone back and you've now created the Bouillon Pioneers. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, the Booyah Pioneers came about from, again, from my perspective, pressure. Because um, everybody would say, because Booyah music has evolved. All right? Forget, let's put decide if it's good or bad. Me, myself, I respect every... I respect every artist for what it is that they do, you know? And when it comes to today's Booyah, yes, I agree, it is not the old school Booyah, but yes, to me, it is good, period. It's evolved. Okay? It's evolved, plain and simple. Yeah. You know, so um, the older Booyah music lovers, and surprisingly, even some of the, the, the younger ones, they were saying, you know, we want that old style. We miss that old style of Booyah. We, we, we need to hear it live again, you know? And then the opportunity came about. It has been tried many times, huh? Um, it, it was success, successful with Creole in the Park, Limes or Flows Creole in the Park. Oh, which one I remember that. That's happened so many times. You know, so um, it actually came about on, the, uh, on that, um, at that time. And um, I must say it was nice. Now, there was talk about we're going to mash up WCK and this and that and such and such. But from my perspective, I wasn't looking at taking over WCK. I can only see the new group. It wasn't named the original Booyah Pioneers at the time. But whilst we were talking, I was looking at the new group going alongside the present WCK. Because I always tell people that WCK never died. WCK themselves evolved and moved on. You know, there was never a year that you didn't hear a song from WCK. You understand? So you, no one can say that WCK is no more. WCK never left. You know, so there was no place for me to say that, or no reason for me to say that, um, yeah, I come back to take back WCK like people thought was well, 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 was the talk. You know, but um, I wanted to come back, yes, to do the old school stuff, the authentic stuff. It was nice to play Ragin, it would be nice to play Pelham, Keith, Walkers, Wayne McLawrence, uh, Martindale Olive, you know, even the singers and stuff like that. It would always be nice to play with them again. You know, so um, we decided to do something like that. And um, yeah, the rest is history. We did five songs, I think, up to date. And um, we did a couple tours and stuff, but um, Things have been kind of on a dung low because we want, there are certain things that we wanted to do, but because of the, I would say the confusion from the fans, the uh, fans made a lot in your business, you know, they have a great impact on your business, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we, we had problems, you know, in um, the confusion as to who is original Booyah Pioneers and who is WCK and stuff like that. And, you know, it caused, some sort of confusion where the promoters were concerned, stuff that we took care of, you know, but since the passage of Maria and certain things that have happened in the last two years, you know, we have kind of been on a downward. Well, you see, the thing about it is that I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I'm glad that you can come on now and talk about this because I feel you are giving, you're, you're, you're putting it out there that there's room for more than one bag. And just because, you know, um, if can play with your pioneers and you can play with WCK. Like it doesn't really matter. You know, as far as I'm concerned, music is music and people or you have your fans that will follow you as the original Boyer Pioneers because they love that sound and they'll also be the folks that will enjoy 
the WCK because of that. I, I feel like people have caused a lot of more confusion where confusion was not needed and have caused, um, uh, it's like, I, I feel like they've caused too much of a war when more than one band can survive. And at the end of the day, it's about progressing. It's about promoting the, the music. If more than one band is promoting Booyah music, more than one ear will get to hear, right? Which makes it, which makes it, um, available to more people so i i i am glad you're on faculty right now explaining that and and i hope people get to see that people are clear you know as to exactly um what happened or what transpired or what is going on with the bands and then and just there's so many bands that can triple k does it all the time where they have multiple parts of their of their band members playing with other bands i don't see what the big deal is it's about yeah the next thing about it is that I mean it only helps the genre because the genre is it it is it, it it's come from a small country. Its main competitor is, which is soca music is worldwide already. So as far as I'm concerned, the more artists the merrier. Case because I'm sorry. Case because I'm sorry. <laughs> 